0: Section 20 of The Wonders of the Invisible World by Cotton Mather. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Scott Foster. Section 20. 4. The Trial of Elizabeth Howe at the Court of Oyer and Terminer, held by adjournment at Salem, June 30, 1692. 1. Elizabeth Howe, pleading not guilty to the indictment of witchcrafts, then charged upon her. The court, according to the usual proceedings of the courts in England in such cases, began with hearing the depositions of several afflicted people, who were grievously tortured by sensible and evident witchcrafts, and all complained of the prisoner as the cause of their trouble. It was also found that the sufferers were not able to bear her look, as likewise that in their greatest swoons they distinguished her touch from other people's, being thereby raised out of them and there was other testimony of people to whom the shape of this how gave trouble nine or ten years ago. 2. It has been a most usual thing for the bewitched persons at the same time that the spectres representing the witches troubled them to be visited with apparitions of ghosts, pretending to have been murdered by the witches then represented, and sometimes the confessions of the witches afterwards acknowledged those very murders which these apparitions charged upon them although they had never heard what informations had been given by the sufferers. There were such apparitions of ghosts, testified by some of the present sufferers, and the ghosts affirmed that this Howe had murdered them, which things were feared but not proved. 3. This Howe had made some attempts of joining the church at Ipswich several years ago, but she was denied an admission into that holy society, partly through a suspicion of witchcraft then urged against her and there now came in testimony of preternatural mischiefs, presently befalling some that had been instrumental to debar her from the communion whereupon she was intruding. Four, There was a particular deposition of Joseph Stafford, that his wife had conceived an extreme aversion to this Howe on the reports of her witchcrafts, but Howe, one day, taking her by the hand, and saying, I believe you are not ignorant of the great scandal that I lie under, by an evil report raised upon me she immediately unreasonably and unpersuadably even like one enchanted began to take this woman's part how being soon after propounded as desiring an admission to the table of the lord some of the pious brethren were unsatisfied about her the elders appointed a meeting to hear matters objected against her and no arguments in the world could hinder this good wife stafford from going to the lecture she did indeed promise with much ado that she would not go to the church meeting yet she could not refrain going thither also Howe's affairs there were so canvassed that she came off rather guilty than cleared, nevertheless, Goodwife Stafford could not forbear taking her by the hand and saying, "Though you are condemned before men, you are justified before God. She was quickly taken in a very strange manner, ranting, raving, raging, and crying out, "'Goody Howe must come into the church; she is a precious saint, and though she be condemned before men, she is justified before God. So she continued for the space of two or three hours and then fell into a trance but coming to herself, she cried out, Ha! I was mistaken, and afterwards again repeated, Ha! I was mistaken. Being asked by a stander by, wherein, she replied, I thought Goody Howe had been a precious saint of God, but now I see she is a witch. She has bewitched me and my child, and we shall never be well till there be a testimony for her that she may be taken into the church. And Howe said afterwards, that she was very sorry to see Stafford at the church meeting mentioned stafford after this declared herself to be afflicted by the shape of howe and from that shape she endured many miseries v john howe brother to the husband of the prisoner testified that he refusing to accompany the prisoner unto her examination as was by her desired immediately some of his cattle were bewitched to death leaping three or four foot high turning about speaking falling and dying at once and going to cut off an ear for a use that might as well perhaps have been omitted the hand wherein he held his knife was taken very numb and so it remained and full of pain for several days being not well at this very time and he suspected the prisoner for the author of it six nehemiah abbott testified that unusual and mischievous accidents would befall his cattle whenever he had any difference with this prisoner once, particularly, she wished his ox choked, and within a little while that ox was choked with a turnip in his throat. At another time, refusing to lend his horse at the request of her daughter, the horse was in a preternatural manner abused, and several other odd things of that kind were testified. 7. There came in testimony that one good wife Sherwin, upon some difference with Howe, was bewitched, and that she died, charging this Howe with having a hand in her death and that other people had their barrels of drink unaccountably mischieved, spoiled and spilt upon their displeasing of her the things in themselves were trivial but there being such a course of them it made them the more considered among others martha wood gave her testimony that a little after her father had been employed in gathering an account of howe's conversation they once and again lost great quantities of drink out of their vessels in such a manner as they could ascribe to nothing but witchcraft as also that how giving her some apples, when she had eaten of them, she was taken with a very strange kind of amaze, insomuch that she knew not what she said or did. 8. There was likewise a cluster of depositions, that one Isaac Cummings, refusing to lend his mare unto the husband of this how the mare was within a day or two taken in a strange condition. The beast seemed much abused, being bruised as if she had been running over the rocks, and marked where the bridle went as if burnt with a red-hot bridle moreover one using a pipe of tobacco for the cure of the beast a blue flame issued out of her took hold of her hair and not only spread and burnt on her but it also flew upwards towards the roof of the barn and had liked to have set the barn on fire and the mare died very suddenly Nine. Timothy Pearley and his wife testified not only unaccountable mischiefs befell their cattle upon their having the differences with this prisoner, but also that they had a daughter destroyed by witchcrafts, which daughter still charged Howe as the cause of her affliction, and it was noted that she would be struck down whenever Howe were spoken of. She was often endeavored to be thrown into the fire and into the water in her strange fits, though her father had corrected her for charging Howe with bewitching her. Yet, as was testified by others also, she said she was sure of it, and must die standing to it. According, she charged Howe to the very death, and said, though Howe could afflict and torment her body, yet she could not hurt her soul, and that the truth of this matter would appear when she should be dead and gone. 10. Francis Lane testified that being hired by the husband of this Howe to get him a parcel of posts and rails, this Lane hired John peerly to assist him the prisoner then told lane that she believed the posts and rails would not do because john pearly helped him but that if he had got them alone without john pearly's help they might have done well enough when james howe came to receive his posts and rails of lane howe taking them up by the ends they though good and sound yet unaccountably broke off so that lane was forced to get thirty or forty more and this prisoner being informed of it she said she told him so before because pearly helped about them Eleven afterwards there came in the confessions of several other penitent witches which affirmed this howe to be one of those who with them had been baptized by the devil in the river at newbury falls before which he made them there kneel down by the brink of the river and worshipped him End of section twenty.